Welcome once again to the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Bo Smolkup, joined by my co-host, former Ravens tight end, Daniel Wilcox. And today we are going to preview the Ravens and the Giants, who will face off at MetLife Stadium this coming weekend. The Ravens come in at 3-2. and two. The surprising Giants are 4-1 and one and coming off a big win over Green Bay in London. We'll get to that game in just a minute. Before we begin, I want to remind you that all Believe in the Ravens podcasts are sponsored by Bet Online, your first source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easy way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to Bet Online AG and join and receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your reward. Bet Online, where the game starts. Daniel Wilcox, the Ravens go to New York this week off what was a big win beating the Cincinnati Bengals at home to 19-17. to They're 1-0 in the division. They kind of get past that bad last-second loss to the Buffalo Bills, and they go to New York with some confidence at 3-2. and And they will face in New York their old friend, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants. He was in Baltimore for 10 years, spent the last four as a defensive coordinator, and then after last season, the Ravens parted ways with Martindale, At the time, they called it kind of a mutual parting of the ways. Both John Harbaugh and Wink Martindale talked this week about it. They said they're still on very good terms. Wink Martindale told the New York media this week, basically, hey, it was time. It was time for both of us. Martindale says he feels re-energized in New York. Uh, He's got a top 10 defense again, which he had almost all the time in Baltimore. Until last year, there was that injury-ravaged year. They finished 25th overall and dead last against the pass, and that honestly might have been his undoing. But so the Ravens face face Wink Martindale this week. They know him very well. Uh, Daniel Wilcox, let me ask you, from Baltimore's point of view, what are the advantages to facing Wink Martindale, a coach who you know so, so well? I think the the good thing for Baltimore, Bo, is, is the fact that you got a chance to see Wink every day in practice for years. And, you know, when you do that, you know, offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators, they take it personal, you know, so they really go at each other every day, especially like during training camp and stuff like that, because those are opportunities that you get a chance to kind of one up that guy and you get a chance to see what what can kind of defeat his defense and what kind of defeat his offense. So you try to put in things that gives him problems on a day to day basis. So, you know, you should have a pretty good I mean, Roman should have a pretty good, you know, list of plays that he know that'll work against Wink's defense. The only thing is that Wink to me is, is a lot like Rex Ryan and he just plays. It's almost like they freelancing out there most of the time. And, and when you got guys that are great players, you know, like your, Mar- your Marlon Humphreys, your, your Peters, when you got guys like that, a lot of time they'll freelance stuff on their own and the coach will allow it. They'll give them the green light. You know, it's like Steph Curry shooting the three. You know, when the guys are really, really good, Ed Reed tight, you let them freelance and do their thing and let them make plays. Sometimes they're going to mess up. Sometimes they're not. But I guarantee Wink got some wrinkles and stuff right now, you know, for the Ravens offense that nobody else has actually 
pull the trigger on yet, but Wink knows, you know, and I, I can guarantee you Greg Roman got some stuff for Wink's defense that's going to make Wink scratch his freaking head and be mad. Dang, he's doing it again. You know, and it's, it's going to be one of those games, man. It's very, it's very interesting when you get a chance to play against a, a coordinator that's already seen another coordinator before. You told me earlier off before we started recording about the situation in the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay, you had mentioned. Tell me about that situation in terms of familiarity with the other coach. Well, let me set the scene. It's this 2003 Super Bowl. We in San Diego playing against the Oakland Raiders. I'm in Tampa Bay with John Gruden. Everybody said it was Tony Dungy's team. Gruden came in, took over the offensive ranks, um, reigns, and um, also the head coaching for um, Tampa Bay that year. And he was going against his old team. He had been in Oakland for a long time, kind of like Wink been in Baltimore for a long time, right? But he knew everything about Rich Gannon. He knew every single tendency because he was a quarterback coach, you know? So he just had, he had everything. He, he was the OC there. He was a quarterback coach there. So he knew exactly what Rich Gannon was going to do. They had Jerry Rice. They had Tim Brown. They had a ton of guys that was just phenomenal. I mean, we was the underdogs going into this game. Bo, you would have never thought we would have played as well as we did on defense. But I mean, we had Simeon Rice, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, you know, Dwight Smith, Dexter Jackson, uh, Rundé Barber. I mean, we had so many freaking studs, you know, you know it just, it, it was unbelievable. We had a phenomenal game. You know, I think we had three pick sixes. Derek Brooke had two of those. Dwight Smith had one late in the game. Dexter Jackson had the first two picks in the first half that kind of set the tone for what the game was going to be. I remember Derek Brooks on his second one said, hey man, they about to call their track coach. They about to find out who their track coach is because they don't know about me. You know, it was one of those games where Gruden just had their number. It doesn't matter what they did. He probably knew every hand signal, every play call, every single thing they could possibly do that thought they would be able to be successful against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And no matter what they did, we had their number. It was like we was in a, it was like we had a, a playbook over there. It, it, it actually, it felt like we was tapped into the headsets. That's how crazy it was. And Wink has that opportunity to kind of do the same thing against Lamar Jackson and company. He knows almost every single player on his team and he knows their strengths, their weaknesses, you know, what causes them problems. And I mean, that, that, that goes a long way. You know, you got DBs and they got to cover receivers that you already know. And you could tell him exactly what he don't like, what frustrates him, what made him fight somebody in practice. You know, you know, all these little tips and these secrets, man. And people, people don't understand that. Like to me, Getting underneath people's skin is so underrated, you know. That was one of the things that made Kevin Garnett such a special player, right? And, and you know, for the Celtics and his whole career in Minnesota, he was one of the best trash talkers, and he can back it up. You know, and Wink is one of those guys, man, that's a player's coach. These guys are going to play hard for him. I don't care how much these guys downplay that they, mean, they don't mean that much to him. Behind the scenes in those meeting rooms, I want to beat these guys. You know, you know, I really want to stick it to these guys. You know, I ain't like the way I left out of there. I ain't like the way I got treated when I was there. I felt like they lost respect for me my last year when every one of my players were hurt. You know, so I, this this game's gonna mean a lot to Wink. And let's let's come on now. No, this means a lot to John Harbaugh as well. You know, everybody want this win. The Ravens want it. The Giants want it. It's gonna be a very high intensity, high potent game. A fun game to watch. Elias Campbell said this week, you know, he said, look, I love Wink. I love Wink. But you know he's going to have those troops fired up. Absolutely. It's just human nature. When you go face your old team, there's yeah. a little extra juice. It's it's that thing that I think that a, that a DC like Wink does that that make guys want to run through the wall for him. And, and, and that's a very unique you know, attribute to have. It's like, I didn't find it until I got to Baltimore. You know, I was in Tampa. I was in New, I was in um, New York with the Jets and I was overseas in Germany, but when I, I felt like I really opened up when I got Wade Harmon as my coach. When you get a coach that believe in you and your abilities and put you in situations to be successful, he builds your confidence up and up 
and up and, and he's telling you that he knows how good you are. It's time for you to start playing how, how you're supposed to play. And all of a sudden you, you get this little, this, this burst of energy because people believe in you and they're counting on you and they're depending on you again. And you miss that as a player when you lose those little attributes. So you can just tell by the way the Giants defense is playing. I mean, they're playing lights out. These guys are running to the ball, bro. When you watch them on film, they're getting after it. Like I'm talking about nonstop motors across the board. So it's going to be very interesting. I want to see how Love is going to match up against, um, you know, Mark Andrews. You know, that's going to be a very interesting task. You know, that safety going to have to cover Mark. And I think I think Lamar going to find a way to get Mark the ball an awful lot this week. Well, you talked about, uh, you know, the, the possible advantages to knowing Wink. And then, you, as, as you just mentioned, Wink has seen this team over and over and over again. He's seen Mark Andrews hundreds of times on the practice field to know, as you said, what gets under his skin, mm-hmm. how can you rattle him. Uh, and he knows he knows everything about basically all the Ravens players except the rookies. He'll have a he will have a plan. And and you can see, I think if you went through the Ravens locker room at any point in the last four years, you would never find one defensive player that said anything bad about Wink Martindale. I just think guys just right. love to play for the guy. And in fact, Jihad Ward, who was here at one point, is now in New York. Justin Ellis, who was here, is now in New York. Tony Jefferson is now in New York. So that's three former Ravens who are on his right now. And they're not really starters on this team, but they saw an opportunity to play for a guy they really like playing for. We know Wink Martindale will blitz, right? That was his trademark here in Baltimore. He loves to send pressure. This year, according to Pro Football Reference, the Giants, again, blitz more than any team in the league, 43% roughly. They are sending an extra rusher. So Lamar Jackson's played really well against the blitz this year. So if you are the Ravens and you kind of expect the blitz to be coming from Wink because you need to do that because he's going to blitz, in general senses, I know Greg Roman's not going to give him give anything away, but if you're Greg Roman, what are you going to do to counter Wink and his blitzes? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him every ounce of Lamar I can possibly give him. And every single way possible, I can give it to him. And I'm going to give him a heavy dose of, of Dobbins 27. I'm going to give him a heavy dose of Mark Andrews in the middle of the field. And as soon as they start jumping Mark, I'm going to give him a heavy dose of 13 and um, seven out there on the edges. I, I I think the Ravens really got an opportunity this week to kind of really blow their offense out the water. I mean, I feel like they've been kind of holding back and kind of teetering, you know, these last you know four or five weeks. And I think it's now it's time to open a freaking playbook up. You know, let's get a couple of trick plays in this week to kind of start it off to get us rolling. Cause I really feel like we're going to start slow this week. I feel like week is going to have our number the first half or the first quarter or so before we settle down. And then we kind of get it, get a grasp. But all right, this is what his game plan is. This is what he's trying to do against us. This is how we're going to counter it. And let's go, let's get out of him. I think it's going to come down to coaching all day. So it's going to come up to Roman and company and, you know, how well they're prepared to face this Wink Martindale defense. You know, he's going to throw some serious wrinkles in there and he's going to force Lamar to do stuff that he don't like to do. If Lamar like to roll right, he's going to make sure he rolls left every single time. He's not letting Lamar roll right. You know, so it's it's one of those, it's going to be one of those type of weeks. You take away a, a team's strengths and then you make them beat you with their weaknesses. And then, you know, the Giants, the one thing the Giants got going for him is number 26, you know, Saquon Barkley. You know, that if that guy gets rolling, it's going to be a long day for Baltimore and a very short day for Lamar Jackson because he's going to spend most of his time on the sideline. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But to your point about getting Lamar to roll left, the problem with every defense, you can think you're going to get Lamar Jackson and say, we're not going to let him roll right. right. But that will wiggle out of trouble. Jihad Ward, one of the Raven, one of the Giants now, he used to say he was Lamar Jackson is just so slippery. And you think you have him and you don't. And you, you think you're going to make him roll left. And next you know he's going to duck under a tackle. And now he's running right. And you're not ready for him because you flushed everything left. 
absolutely. So that's a danger the Giants have to be ready for. You mentioned number seven, Rashad Bateman. We still don't know whether he'll play. He did not practice yet this week. He did not practice last week. At the moment, it's looking like it's unlikely that he will play. Obviously would be a problem. Devin Duvernay, we saw him used in a lot of different ways last week, and I expect we'll see that again. Maybe line him up as a tailback again and get him the ball a lot. Uh, I, I've said for two years, good things happen when the ball is in Devin Duvernay's hands. It seemed last year that Greg Roman was a little reluctant to involve him much more than a touch or two a game. He's become a huge part of this thing, and, and as teams more and more try to shut down Mark Andrews, someone else has to step up, and we saw Duvernay do it last week. So I think Duvernay, again, will be a key to this game. And the other thing is Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley played some. He played about one-third of the snaps last week in his first game back in more than a year. The all-pro left tackle for the Ravens. Greg Roman said this week that they expect to ease him in and he expects to play more. And obviously that will be a big thing if the Giants are going to be bringing their pressure and then the question is, can the Ravens pass protect with a running back, which is always a key when you're going to bring pressure. And we'll see which running back is on the field more, maybe dictated by which running back they feel is better in uh, pass protection. But I agree with you. Dobbins, I think, will have to have a big game as a running back. He is getting more and more up to speed, and I think we're going to see more and more from him. And I think ball control will again be important. Let's get to the Giants offense, and you mentioned it all runs through Saquon Barkley. And if there's a concern for the Ravens right now, it honestly needs to be the fact that teams are averaging like almost five yards a game on them running the football. They rank okay in rush rush defense, but they're giving up a lot of yards, 4.95 yards a carry, which ranks 26th in the league. So, you know, we saw we've seen teams run on them pretty well. And so we saw Mixon last week ran well on them. What's the key to the Ravens? What's the key to containing Barkley? It's going to be up to their front, their, their front defensive line, man, with Clayus Campbell and company, man. They they got to get more aggressive and just play play better. Um, this to me, you can't you can't read in, in this game. You know, you can't sit on the line of scrimmage. You just got to apply pressure. You have to get in the back backfield and disrupt timing. You know, whether it's passing or running. You know, if you get guys in the backfield flowing in the backfield, you, you slant the D lineman, all the D linemen are slanting one way or going another way, and then the linebackers are scraping off them. I think that's kind of the best way to play it. You know, kind of make that picket fence where you're putting that fence up across the like a wall almost across that front line, and 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 don't give Saquon anywhere to run. He everywhere he runs, he has to run into the back of one of his guys or run right into the arms of one of our guys. And I think that's the only way to kind of handle this. The crazy thing is, is that uh, their quarterback has, you know, been putting some yards on the, on the ground too as well. You know, Daniel Jones has been running well, even though he's kind of banged up a little bit. And Saquon's banged up and nicked up a little bit as well. So, you know, it'll be an interesting game, man, just to kind of see what we do to contain Saquon. He's He seemed to be getting most of his yards, you know, kind of up the middle, but he's just such an explosive guy that he can bounce it and, you know, jump cut it. And he's out, you know, he's, he's a four, he's a legitimate four two guy. When I, when I was over at Georgia state, I got a chance to see him firsthand when he was at Penn state. And I remember telling the NFL scout, they came in, I think it was one of the scouts from Cleveland Browns. And he came in asking me about some of our guys. He was like, what do you think about Saquon? We had just got our butts whooped against Penn state. And he was like, what do you think about um, Saquon? I was like, man, he's legitimate four two four three. I said the fastest guy I've ever seen on two feet was Santana Moss in person. Saquon's number two. He's the next fastest guy I've ever seen. And he was like, you think he's a 4-2 guy, 4-3? I was like, man, I'm telling you, he's a 4-2, 4-3 guy. He's like, ah, I don't. I think they got him overrated. I think he's a 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, guy. And then he goes in the combine and runs 4-2, 4-3. And I was like, all right, 
Daniel Wilcox knows a little bit about speed, maybe a little bit, you know. But I mean, he's a he's a phenomenal back man. He's back. He's trying to make another name for himself again. He's trying to get his respect back. He's been banged up a couple of years, and he's going to be a huge determining factor of. I mean, they still playing old school Baltimore Ravens, smash mouth, run the ball down your throat type type offense over there in New York right now. And that what that causes for it's like the old wing T offense where they just run so much time off the clock. They control the game. If they could run the ball, they control the game. And we gotta do a we gotta do a great job of, of trying to get turnovers and get the ball as much as possible and, and get them off the field in three downs. It's not a great matchup, I don't think, for the Ravens, because the Ravens their no. defense is their secondary and it and this team is not really gonna be a team that wants to throw the ball sixty times. They wanna pound the ball, like you said. If it, it, it yeah. old school feel with Barkley. And you mentioned Jones. I mean, those two guys, Jones has forty one carries for two hundred and thirty yards. Those two Barkley and Jones have 84% of the team's carries, so they are going to run the ball through them. I will say Barkley, he looks he looks like he's pre-ACL tear and all that. Mm-hmm. One thing I think of when I watch Barkley right now is that's encouraging for J.K. Dobbins because maybe J.K. Dobbins gets back to that, to the right. injury, if not now, maybe a year from now or whenever it might be, but Barkley just looks terrific, and I think defending him will be absolutely the key you to know the what? game. You know what? You know what, Bo? Real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the you know one there's one determining factor that I think we're kind of missing out on right now, and that's um that's number four, Jason Pierre-Paul. Remember, he used to be a giant. You know, anytime you play against your old team, for some reason, the 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 football gods open up the the gate for you and allow you to be the best version of yourself you've been. You know, since you played for that team. You know, I think I think Pierre will have a little bit of a you know, a little bit of oomph to him this week. You know, I think he may come in and be and actually be some of your determining factor on how the game turns out. He might make some plays that he hasn't made so far in the last couple of weeks. And he should be getting his legs underneath him right about now in week three, you know, being in and out of that hot and cold contrast in the cold and hot tub. You know, he you know, played a couple of games and played almost every snap in both games. I think this may be a really good week for um, Jason Pierre-Paul. So let's let's look out for that guy. That's a great point. I mean, there's so much this week about Wink Martindale facing his old team. Mm-hmm. Pierre Paul is facing his old team. He is probably highly motivated as well. Uh, and so, and I think both. I think outside linebacker play is going to be important anyway. Whether that's getting right. quarterback or whether it's just setting the edge against the run. You don't want Barkley to, as you said, to be able to bounce it outside. If it, I mean, obviously the interior defense and the other key is going to be those inside linebackers. Can they get off a block and can they get? Up downhill and into the hole and stop him um, because they cannot win if Queen and uh, Josh Bynes are making tackles nine yards downfield. If that's the case, if Queen is making all his tackles nine yards downfield, then this is going to be a long day for Baltimore. Long day. So I think it's, I, I don't think it's a great matchup for the Ravens because I think the Ravens' strength is their secondary. And I think their concern mm-hmm. right now is their run defense. And the Giants' strength right now is their rushing attack. And so it's going to be fascinating. The Giants are feeling a little bit, too, and there's something intangible there. They're coming off a big win in London. They beat the Green Bay Packers. They're 4-1. and one. Brian Dable's got his team playing great. They're playing with confidence. And, and you know, confidence is contagious. And I think that the, the Giants come in feeling it. And I think it's a yeah. test for this Ravens team. It should be a really good game. I personally don't expect a high scoring because, as you said, I think both teams want to establish things and keep it on the ground. And yeah. uh, I expect some sustained drives like we saw last week. But let's get to predictions for this week. Daniel Wilcox, Ravens, Giants, Ravens 3-2, and two, 
Giants four and one. Give me your final score. Uh, this is going to be tough, Bo. Only only reason I'm saying it's going to be tough because I think on paper the Ravens is a better team, you know. But when you think about it, I think the Giants' coaching is better right now. I, I don't think we're we're up to par coaching wise. So it makes me want to kind of lean towards the Giants. But you know where I'm at, true to heart. You know I bleed purple. You know, so I'm gonna go 28 14 Baltimore. Um, I think I think the players are gonna outplay the coaches in, in New York. How about that? 28 14 Baltimore. All right. I, the players will be fired up, I'm sure, on both sides. And Wink Martindale said this week he's trying to downplay the rivalry. Say, hey, the game's always about the players. Uh, I am going 23 20 Ravens. I think it's gonna be close. I think the Ravens just have a overall a little more talented roster. Um, and you know what I always say when it comes down to a close game, give me Justin Tucker. Yes, sir. I will be very surprised if this game is any higher scoring than mid twenties, because I think it's going to just be a, a old fashioned pounded on the ground kind of game. It should be a really good one. They are going to be highly motivated teams. Big game for both teams. The, Ravens, the Giants would go to five and one with a win. And if the Ravens can win, they will be four and two and on their first two game winning streak of the year and starting to feel a little momentum. So that's the Ravens and the Giants from MetLife Stadium Sunday in New York or actually technically East Rutherford, New Jersey. And we will be back Monday to recap that game and see what happened between the Ravens and the Giants at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. For Ravens, former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox, this is Bo Smolka on the Believe in the Ravens podcast presented by BetOnline.